Star Wars is known for some really weird lore. A clone made from Luke's severed hand, Jar Jar Binks, and now Ahsoka is going even deeper into one of the strangest and most timeline-breaking parts of Star Wars. And what would Star Wars look like if George Lucas had his way in the 90s? Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. There are a lot of things in Star Wars that, like, they keep on testing the boundaries on what they can get away with. Yeah, How far right. can they push it? How old can they make Ahsoka before people are like, wait a second, why is she in the end of the prequels? And why is she there in the original trilogy? Why is she there in the Mandoverse? Why is she there in the sequel trilogy? Why is she there in the new Rey movie? Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we keep on getting this expansion of things, but they do have a pretty easy way out, and it's called The World Between Worlds. So we've been doing a lot of research into the world between worlds and there isn't a whole lot there but no. we assume that there's going to be more of it with Ahsoka. It was kind of surprising and not surprising with how much we found out about or it's, how little we found yeah. out about the world between worlds. Clearly it's supposed to be a very like Ooh. yeah mystical. It's the force and, and timelines and yeah. history and oh my goodness. Yeah it's supposed to be as wibbly wobbly as Star Wars can Star get. Star Wars can get. However, that does make some complications mm -hmm. for timelines it, and whatnot. It's a great thing for Dave Filoni. Oh my gosh. It's a day it's a Dave Filoni creation <laughs> and it screams Dave Filoni creation. It's a get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. Convenient card. It's his trump card. It's like, hey. Now Ahsoka's gonna live through this. So here you go. <laughs> so what is the world between worlds it's kind of like the ultimate manifestation of the force mm -hmm. like this ultimate world of where the force lives almost there's the quote with darth vader that like the destruction of a planet doesn't even scratch the surface of the power of the force or something like mm -hmm. that the epitome of that is the world between worlds mm -hmm. we don't know when it was created how it was created why it was created or even if it was created or that was just like what if this is the embodiment of the force? But it's this timeline that is very personal to whoever is going into it. We see Ezra go into it, and he's shown very particular scenes from his past. It's weird that they're like, oh yeah, you, it's no, no, no timeline is getting broken because you saved Ahsoka. But if you save Kanan, yep. <laughs> people are going to die. From what little we've seen of this World Between Worlds also is it seems to be very much a benign entity thing. Hmm. Like we're only like the good can access it. Yeah, because Palpatine mm -hmm. tries. Palpatine mm -hmm. tries very hard to get into this place and he has to like use a force rope to try to pull himself into the World Between Worlds. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have even gotten close to getting into it for some reason. I almost wonder if it's because the owl, the, the daughter, the daughter, yeah. the daughter was there. Maybe mm -hmm. that was the reason why it was, maybe she was the ultimate guardian at, at that time. Yeah. Time, whatever time is in this place. Uh <laughs> and you bring up a good point because the Mortis arc in the Clone Wars comes up a lot when we look at the world between worlds. I mean, they're on the mural that gets you into the world between worlds. And it's the father, the son, the daughter. And also, part of the embodiment of the daughter is in this owl like creature. Mm -hmm. 
named Morai, which is a convoy. In theory, it seems to have a deep connection with Ahsoka in many different ways. We don't know how deep that connection goes or if there's like a secret like language that Ahsoka can speak and kind of like talk through the force or if it is the actual like physical embodiment of the daughter now that she's dead. Mm. We don't know like a whole lot in terms of Morai as a, as a creature, but we just know that it's very tied to the Mortis arc as well as the father, the son, and the daughter, and the world between worlds. Dave Filoni has a quote specifically. He's like, I don't really want it to be like this time travel thing. And it's like, dude. It's exactly a time travel thing. That's exactly what you made. Or at least what you're using it for. Yeah. You have not used it for any other way except to save Ahsoka and move Ahsoka through timelines. Mm -hmm. It's time travel, bro. It's time travel. Now, the reason he says it's not time travel is because it's a place that embodies all space and time. And it it also self-regulates itself, too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of it of, like, specifically when talking about trying to save Kanan. When Ezra goes towards that, Dave Filoni says, if Ezra would have gone through and saved Kanan, Kanan wouldn't have saved Ezra which is one of the reasons he was able to get through there. As with all things freaking time travel related, <laughs> it does not make any sense. It's super confusing mm-hmm. and complicated and should not be used ever. No, really. it really shouldn't. It's such a cop-out. It's it's fun. We're going to talk about some time travel <laughs> stuff later on the second topic because it, it relates to Back to the Future. But unless you have a time travel specific story i don't think you should put time travel into your story it just it's too complicated but like you said the world between worlds is many things it is timelines it's locations it's everything every single piece of the star wars universe that is happening at any given moment is connecting and crossing paths or not necessarily crossing paths but it, it can be crossed into in this space Mm -hmm. i (laughs) this is just a personal like pet peeve of mine (laughs) but okay if i was ezra walking into this place hearing all of these jedi masters and who he doesn't necessarily know right but you get the sense that oh this is a very spiritual Mm -hmm. slash force filled place maybe i should like let go some of my selfish ambitions and like just meditate here and figure out what this place is (laughs) like come on like no i'm just gonna keep walking honestly though it's pretty realistic to how old ezra is at the time yes i have to give him that grace of like teenager dumb he's not he's still learning many of the ways of the force would you as a teenager be like, yo, this new place that I just beat Palpatine to, I'm going to take a moment here and just like meditate. Yeah, I think I would have. As a, yeah. As a teenager? I'm pretty sure I would have. Really? I think I would have. I don't think I would. <laughs> what, would you just gone frolicking through this I would have been space? like scoping things out, looking around, like why am I brought here? What's going on? Why is, why is everything black and white, flat? There's wolves everywhere. I mean, I definitely would have been poking that ground because that looked. Oh fun. yeah, that like, it looked very satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, I think it's fair if you were Kanan and you made it that place. Sure, Kanan totally would have been like, yeah, Let me soak up some of this force goodness. Yep. <laughs> Ezra, no. And Ahsoka just had to babysit. So uh, Ahsoka handled that really well. Yeah, honestly, she wow from coming right straight off of a fight with Vader, Anakin. Yeah. She kind of just like realized, of yeah. like, oh crap, 
that's who that is. It's a lot of emotional turmoil going through you right then and there. Yeah. And uh, suddenly you're just like, no, I, know, I totally understand this place. Yeah. So I, I want to, like, now that we've kind of laid the groundworks of what we've seen in the world between worlds, mm-hmm. we're pretty sure that we see the world between worlds in Ahsoka. Mm. And I want to touch into, like why it makes sense for the world between worlds to be brought back into Star Wars. We see Balin Skull, who's the the big bad in this series. Uh, That's what we think so far, played by Ray Stevenson. We see him in there, so maybe it is... We're going to see a different point of view with the world between worlds, see a different perspective, see a different power of the world between worlds, because we see what the light side perspective of the world between worlds is. We know that Balin is a dark side user, as well as a survivor of Order 66. And one of the one of the people that worked on Rebels and Clone Wars, I believe, Henry Gilroy, not Tony Gilroy related, Mm -hmm. has said that the world between worlds caters its appearance and experience to whomever is going into it. Ezra saw a very personal part of the world between worlds because that's what he was going into carrying in with him. But if someone who doesn't necessarily have those preconceived notions Mm -hmm. or experiences that like goes in there i wonder what that would look like yeah it's so muddy that there's just Mm -hmm. so much they could explore with it i'm not really sure why they would bring it back though unless it was to could you imagine if thrawn got into the world between worlds (laughs) that would be pretty intense that would be a lot but he's not a force wielder yeah it wouldn't really make sense I know, but, that, but that's what would be super cool. If he knew people who could get in there, he yeah. could maybe manipulate them into being like, maybe you should mm-hmm. look up this thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not a Force user, but the um, the Chiss are Force sensitive. Mm-hmm. Lots of them are. Yeah. A lot of the women are. Could be interesting. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the, the world between worlds is this really fascinating, very creative space. And we've never seen anything like it in Star Wars before. And we haven't seen anything like it since it got introduced, I think, in season four of Rebels. Mm-hmm. So this continuation of what we're going to see and explanation, I think we might be getting on how Ahsoka is where she is. Mm-hmm. I think that could be very fascinating. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope we get some sort of explanation mm-hmm. and maybe an age on how old Ahsoka is. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that we're not, if, if Dave Filoni's involved, we're not going no. to see how old no. Ahsoka is. No dates, is. no age. No, just... he doesn't even know what timeline he's in. No. He's all about this. Ooh, he he created the this. world between worlds. Kinda, it checks uh, out. Yeah, exactly. This formless Morpheus like yep. thing. Yeah. Yep. There's no way he's going to give us <laughs> anything in terms of like specifics around Ahsoka. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be fascinating to see what the world between worlds takes place and how it affects Ahsoka. And this is under the assumption we don't know for sure if that is the world between worlds. Mm. But considering how it looks, considering Ahsoka's involved, considering many of the different things around it, I think we're safe to assume that it is the world between worlds. Mm-hmm. Be really interesting to see how they use it this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we sure. said, maybe they found a way to channel it more. Maybe they found a different part of the world between worlds. Maybe it is something entirely different and is just connecting to the world between worlds. I think it's exciting because yeah. it, it looks similar but different enough that it could be something else Mm -hmm. but in terms of similar but different (laughs) there's been uh some resharing around when it comes to the prequel series Mm. and i thought it would be a really fun idea 
to talk about what the prequel series would have looked like if George Lucas had his way in the 90s. So George Lucas had written the the prequel trilogy. He was like, okay, sweet. Here it is. Here's the story. Here's the direction we want to go. We want to shoot it digitally. These are the things I want to do. Okay, let me talk to some of my director buddies and see what they say about this. George Lucas historically hated directing. Like he had tons of panic attacks and, and stress around the production of A New Hope. He historically doesn't do a gr- the greatest job when it comes to directing people towards acting and getting the best performances out of them, I'll say. Mm-hmm. So when he went into the prequel trilogy, he was like, yeah, if, if at all possible, I would like to not do this. Mm-hmm. So he reached out to some of his buddies. He reached out to Steven Spielberg. He reached out to Robert Zemeckis. And he reached out to Ron Howard. Steven Spielberg, we all know... E.T., Indiana Jones, BFG, if you want to get even more like recent, he did the BFG movie. Robert Zemeckis has more recently done some really strange things when it comes to like digital filmmaking. He did the Polar Express. Okay. But more like broadly, he is known for the Back to the Future franchise. Hmm. So he did those movies. Hmm. And then Ron Howard, Apollo 13, many other things. He's Opie in uh, Andy Griffith's show. He's in Happy Times. I I think I know him better as an actor than as the director. Yeah, but he did Apollo 13, which was... I don't think I've ever seen it. Really? No. The space movie? Yeah, no. What? Mm-mm. We're going to have to add that to our watch list. Oh, okay. It is very, very good. <laughs> but more recently, we do know what a Ron Howard, semi-Ron Howard Star Wars movie would look like. Oh. Because he took up the reins for Solo. Oh. So, f- Lord and Miller originally took over as the people that were going to make Solo a Star Wars store. Mm. They got fired, canned, creative differences, all the fun stuff that you would expect on a Lucasfilm project. And then they brought Ron Howard in for the reshoots and to Mm. pick up back into the production and carry the film over the finish line. And there are a lot of things that you look and say, okay, yeah, that's definitely a Ron Howard touch there. He definitely made it less comedic, I I think, and made it more of like the grittier side of things that we kind of expected originally. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's where the creative differences were. But what would a Star Wars movie look like if we look at something like, let's let's start with Steven Spielberg. Okay. He was like the creator of the classic 80s movie and has just continued to create things in film. He's got incredible range when it comes to a director. Schindler's List, okay. Jaws, The Fablemans in 2022, oh gosh. Jurassic Park, E.T., Ready Player One. What? We look at some of the ways <laughs> that Steven Spielberg has brought Star, brought just to film in general. What would that look like if you got into Star Wars? I feel I'm trying to like pick out themes from all of these mm. really. There's not. There's no. There's like, not. A there's huge, no through line. <laughs> no, but there is a focus on one character. Yeah. And I feel like he mm. would have tried to like maybe. Are we talking about prequels here? Yeah, okay. specifically the prequels. So <laughs> if we have Star Wars, we have the origins of Darth Vader as like the backdrop, mm-hmm. the main bits of story that we know need to happen. Yeah. If we look at that. And then we say, hey, what if Steven Spielberg took this material? What would he do with it? I really feel like he would have focused even more on Anakin. Yeah. And really just followed him through a lot more of this. Because there seems to be a lot of like equally, 
and fair enough to be like on Obi-Wan's side. Like we yeah. follow Obi-Wan a lot in the prequels, mm-hmm. but I think we would have just stuck with Anakin a lot more. I think it also would have been more like personal towards mm-hmm. that story. Like I think it would have made more sense. I think he would have got more into like the emotions mm-hmm. and like the history side of things of like, how can you as a, a small child and go through these various experiences within star wars what does it look like for you to come over here and eventually become one of the greatest killing machines in the galaxy i think it would have made a lot more sense under steven spielberg Mm -hmm. yeah i would agree i think there would have been a lot more cohesiveness Mm -hmm. especially with the emotions the acting the moods the just all of it i think a lot of it would have been a lot more down to earth in a way that would make it a lot more relatable i feel like that's a that's something that steven spielberg makes in his movies like very approachable Mm -hmm. is the idea of like the characters and how they get from one place to the next in a believable way and i think that's if we look at like indiana jones which is one of his big ones if we look at like jurassic park and like these bigger movies that he's taken a part in like so influential on the movie industry in general jaws even Mm -hmm. like you have these big moments you have dinosaurs coming back to life you have huge historical events you have a gigantic shark but ultimately it comes down to how do these things impact the person or the people that are in the movie Mm -hmm. do you think it would be more of the event that would lead the story or is it more of the characters i think it would be the characters Mm -hmm. honestly i think we'd focus more on like the characters and their and their reactions Mm -hmm. i i think george lucas's original plan was to have a very similar thing uh like he did with the original trilogy where he maybe directed the first one and then people picked up the other ones or just have like different directors for each of them but i would love to have seen a steven spielberg Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Oh, man. I think that would have been fantastic Mm -hmm. to see. But, like, what about it? Like, just that we would get more understanding and, like, more character development through that? There are so many threads in Attack of the Clones. There is the Anakin Padme thread, Mm -hmm. which is really weird and Mm -hmm. super, like, uncomfortable. There's the Obi-Wan discovering a secret in the library that Palpatine wanted him to find but made it super difficult and if it wasn't Obi-Wan that found it it never would have happened and then he didn't ask any more questions and then the clones happened and Sifo-Dyas and Count Dooku and all of that's happening the war in general the clones coming in yeah. Count Dooku Dooku's the Geonosians the one, the one. yeah yeah the Genosans and the rise of this mechanical army. Yeah. So many different thread lines yeah. and so many different things that happen that don't necessarily make sense or have to happen like a certain way. I think giving that to Steven Spielberg and saying, hey, let's make a film out of this, he would have made a lot more changes and I think would have brought it into more grounded reality. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And that's where it really picks off. I mean, uh, I love The Phantom Menace, but The Phantom Menace doesn't do anything in terms of the story. Yeah, they find Anakin, but is there anything else that like gets taken into the rest of the movies? His mom, um, maybe, in the second one? Yeah. and But like you could not watch Phantom Menace and be perfectly fine. That's true, because Palpatine doesn't even rise to power yeah. in that movie. <laughs> yeah, so technically you could just... Throw Phantom Menace in the trash. Not necessary. No. I'm sorry. I love Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. I know you're writing the comment near or thinking right now in your car as you're driving. Like, what is he thinking? How dare you How diss dare that he one? destroy my favorite movie like this? I'm a fan of Phantom Menace. I just watched it again this week. I put it on. I'm sorry. 
it, it doesn't need to be there. Switching gears, though. Mm-hmm. Robert Zemeckis. So, again, this is how awesome George Lucas is as a director. He's got all these director buddies who make some insanely varied films. And you've got George Lucas, who's like a couple, like he did his first college project, THX 1138, American Graffiti, which is like his homage to like 1950s like cars and, and that kind of like space hot rods and all that stuff because he's a big fan of cars and then you have star wars and that's like george lucas's career yeah and then you have steven spielberg who has done so much Mm -hmm. so much and then another person that you you think of a lot but never really like take into like account is robert zemeckis like we said back to the future he did uh polar express he also did forrest gump oh there's a bunch of like other things that he's done that you're like Wait, that's the same dude? Hmm. I think he would have been awesome to have on that first one. Mm. I think if he did the first one, it would be super fascinating and super strange. Like, I think it would have been a very unique look at Star Wars as, like, a whole. But, like, in what way? I think just in the way of, like, getting all the different pieces of Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, like, carrying all of these, these characters into these crazy experiences Hmm. and like the undertones I think would have been very fascinating there. Hmm. So I think Phantom Menace has a little bit more like fun Hmm. and like childhood uh, glee to it. Yeah. So I think giving that to Robert Zemeckis to really pull out those and like make it be more believable, I think would have been a good experience. I feel like there would be a lot more like whimsy Mm -hmm. in, in that. And not, not that I would ever call him whimsical, but there would be this like, yeah, more energy. There's, there's some less, like less groundedness mm-hmm. that we would see in Spielberg. It would yeah. be more like, oh, we're in space and yeah. we're doing some wild things, you uh-huh. know, like <laughs> very much more like a New Hope in terms of like some of the like more smaller scale stuff that would mm-hmm. be happening. Yeah. So like we said, not a whole lot happens mm-hmm. in Phantom Menace. Yeah. So giving out to like Robert Zemeckis, I think, would have been good. But again, I think we would still be focusing a lot on the characters mm-hmm. and yeah. the places that we're at. I feel yeah. like they would have... Do you think he would make a character out of like the different planets? I think so. Yeah. I think I so. I kind of get that feeling, too. Yeah. He'd definitely identify that with like George Lucas's goals. Mm-hmm. I think Ron Howard would do the best with Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I think he would take like the grandiose scale, like the very big operatic mm-hmm. fight scenes and just really lean into it. I feel like we'd have a really interesting take on Star Wars with that. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's that's my wish casting at least in terms yeah. of like who does what, why they do what. I think it'd be fascinating to see this. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see Ron Howard being more of like this big picture. Because like Apollo 13, like I I think he's got that experience where he could do like some big stuff. Hmm. He did the Da Vinci Code. Okay. Obviously that's after when Star Wars would have been taking place. A Beautiful Mind. Yeah, there's a there's a lot there that I think like he he would handle it very well. He did the beautiful... uh, Jim Carrey, Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh. Yeah. Man, I feel like he would know how to play all these little lines mm-hmm. and like get them into one t- cohesive story. Yeah. I think that would be where he would excel. I feel like he could tie everything together very yeah, well. Yeah, like Da Vinci Code it, being like, mm-hmm. no, you see this part way over here and this other part way yeah. over down here? You thought I forgot about that. Well, yeah. it's right here now. It's all tied in together with a big 
beautiful bow like mm. at the end it would just be like this big old punch of like oh my gosh yeah so yeah i could definitely see that let us know your thoughts though what would you think of these directors taking over star wars what would it look like to see them take over the prequels and who would you like to see do each one let us know in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube or contact at uplinkpodcast.com. You can listen to the show wherever you find podcasts and our YouTube channel has some great content on it. So definitely check it out as well as the video version of this podcast right here. As always, hey, thanks for listening and may the force be with you. <laughs>